Hi everyone, I'm Chad Harms and this is Testimony, a podcast telling the stories of how and why people became Christians. On today's episode, you'll hear Frank Rich talk about relationships and really how Jesus changes them for the better. At the end of the episode, you'll hear a testimony submitted to me by someone on Facebook. It is a story about pain and forgiveness through Jesus. Make sure you listen until the end to hear it. By the way, I'd love to read your testimony. You can send it to me by going to the show's website, testimonypodcast.com, and filling out the form there. Testimonypodcast.com is also the place where you can make a donation to the show. The show is paid for by me and any donations that come in. If you can help, it will help more people hear the show. Before today's episode plays, there's one more thing that is important to tell you. This is a bonus episode. It is meant to be listened to in conjunction with the full-length episode that came out two weeks ago, telling the story of how and why Frank became a Christian. It is an amazing story about how God used lunch with a friend and divine timing to draw Frank into a relationship with himself. If you haven't already listened to it, hit pause on this episode and go listen to it now. It will make certain things you'll hear in today's conversation make more sense. The next episode of Testimony will tell the testimony of Jeff Orge. Jeff is the president of Gateway Seminary in California, my alma mater. He was also the chaplain for the San Francisco Giants when they won three World Series rings. You'll hear a bit about that in the episode. For now, here's a clip. I went to the fair with no spiritual thought at all of anything like that happening to me. But in those years up until that point, there were several streams that were flowing together. First of all, um, I had lived a rather chaotic life in my family. Second, I was getting to the point where I was starting to watch other families and I was realizing there's people that live differently than us. What, what's, what's that about? Not every family is like mine. And I could start to see some differences and they were concerning to me. Another issue was this identity issue I mentioned earlier. I, I was really starting to question as a young teenager, who am I? I don't even go by my real name. What, what is that about? What, what do I do with that? Now I want to play you more of my conversation with Frank. When I interviewed him for the show, he said a lot of important stuff. I want to focus on one thing in this episode, though, relationships. Frank only became a Christian a few years ago, and it is completely changing his relationships. He's developed deeper friendships, he's positively impacting his nephews, and he's improving his relationship with his dad. Today's show will get to all that, but first, let me play a clip about his friend, the one that told him about Jesus, Josh. So he actually, so Josh wasn't the, he wasn't the guy running the mastermind. He's actually somebody I met, um, the first day that, that we were there. That's another incredible story. Like he was there with his wife. They didn't even have a fitness business. Like they were there to kind of learn some other online stuff. We ended up at the first dinner, that first night sitting across each other uh, at the dinner table. And it just sparks, you know, what has now become, you know, five plus year relationship. So it was a, you know, rare kind of divine meeting that we even met that first time, but something clicked, man. I, you know, I still, I still joke about it this time. And I was like, Josh, you were somebody that I looked at, man, is like, you had everything. And here I was, you know, projecting the image of a, you know, successful man in his thirties, but I was lost inside. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was going to become. 
I, I, I told him, man, I was like, if I was you, I would have had nothing to do with me back then. Um, and it just shows the type of character, man, that, that Josh was, because that's not how he saw me. Like he saw the potential. He saw who I, who I could be. You talked about one person in your life who has been really key in your Christian journey. Are there any others? Oh man, there's so many. Um, I mean, I almost don't want to like start to name them off. Cause I'm going to like probably forget somebody. Obviously Josh, right. You know, Josh Cachadorian has been, you know, the single greatest impact in terms of one person, um, in my life. So Josh was, you know, he was the, the gentleman that I met him and his wife, Rachel that first evening. Um, and then was there with me in, in October of 2018 in Orlando. So Josh being one of them. Okay. At this point, Frank starts um, listing people. He lists a lot of people. He goes on for over a minute. He lists individuals. He talks about a group he's in. He talks more than once about how he's going to forget people. He just keeps going. Honestly, it's inspiring. As you'll hear me say in a minute, I think that friendship is really underrated in our culture. Sadly, it is also really underrated in the church, Christianity. You don't have to look very hard to discover that the Bible makes a big deal out of friendship. Maybe the most famous friendship in the Bible is that of David and Jonathan. Their friendship is beautiful, and their story shows us how much a friend can mean to us and our own story. On top of this, we have this wonderfully specific statement about friendship in the Bible. Listen to Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. We also have more subtle friendship statements in places like Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Paul, the man we call the Apostle, a man God used to write most of the New Testament books, he seemed to value friendships. More importantly, Jesus spent his earthly life hanging out with 12 other guys. While those men were his disciples and followers, it seems clear to me that they were also his friends. Author C.S. Lewis, who I've quoted on this podcast before, is responsible for me recognizing great value in friendship. In his book, The Four Loves, he wrote a lot about it. At one point, he writes about how people think they choose their friends. With this, he disagrees. He says, But for a Christian, there are strictly speaking no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to his disciples, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, Ye have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste in finding one another out. It is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. Why do I say all this? A big part of Frank's testimony is how coming to Jesus changed his relationships, his friendships. Before he was a Christian, he was solely focused on Frank. Now, though, he is invested in his friendships. Yeah, um, for me, the the male relationships that I've been able to form in these past couple of years has probably been the single greatest thing that's led to the change in in me. Interesting. Um, story. So right before that day with Josh, this was probably maybe three weeks before meeting him in Orlando. We used to talk probably on the phone weekly. Now we do this video messaging stuff. It's kind of cool. We use Marco Polo, but back then it was like just regular phone calls. And we had our regular call where, you know, Josh is probably speaking life into me. I'm complaining about something, whatever the case was. We end the call and he's like, all right, Frank, I love you. 
and quickly like hung up. And at the time I'm like, I thought about, I was like, did he just say he loves me? And I literally texted him like right after that. I said, Josh, you just say you love me. If you did, don't ever do it again. That was the way that like the old Frank used to think. Um, and he replied back. He's like, yeah, I did. I'm going to do it again. I was like, okay, whatever, dude. Um, now, man, it's like when I see these guys, it's like, that's the first thing I want to tell them all of our group coaching calls that we run now. Like I want the men of our community to know, like, I love you. Like, and it took a while for me to get past that kind of like fear of like, what are people going to think if they hear another guy tell, you know, another grown man that they love him, but it's not a sexual love, man. It, and, and so, yeah, there've been so many, so many men that have, have led to change in my life. We talk about romantic love and family love, uh, a lot, but, uh, what you're describing is C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you ever read any of his stuff on friendship, but he's really big on friendship. And I just think what you're describing is a really powerful picture of how important friends can be, uh, especially in our Christian journeys. Oh, absolutely. I mean, with, with the men that I specifically work with, right. I mean, this is a lot of them. This is what they're, what they're missing. And it's been cool for me to be able to create communities and environments where men can engage, meet with, interact with other men that are exact same place that they are. I mean, there's, there's a true, you know, epidemic of, male loneliness going across the, the, the world right now, uh, you know, in the Christian space and, and outside the Christian space. I mean, men just feel, I forget what the number is. I think somewhere between like, you know, if you polled, you know, like an average group of men, like somewhere between like 70, 70 to 75% of them admit to not having a single best friend in their life. And, and that's a, that's a massive problem. How has your, how has your faith helped you find freedom from pornography? Oh, it's been everything, man, because I don't think without the faith, I would have ever probably attempted it. Like I probably would have just accepted. And I think that's where maybe the grace and forgiveness came there at, 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 at the beginning, um, showing that there was nothing wrong specifically with me, uh, was something that I needed to, I don't want to say here, but I needed to understand like, Hey, like there's, there's nothing wrong with, with, with you, Frank. Um, you can find freedom in, in this. So I would say it's been everything. I guess I've never thought of it in those terms that part of what's good about Christian theology is simply that it, it allows people to know that they're not alone in their brokenness. There's not a person in the world that isn't. And I think, you know, I think sometimes when you're struggling with something is, is, is you begin to look out across the world, right? Through social media, through influencers or through other people, just not, you not knowing what's going on with them. You're like, that dude's got it all figured out. Like that guy, like, look at the house, look at the cars, look at the family. Like I'll never be him. And it's like, no, that dude's, he may not have the same struggles and challenges they're going through, but that dude is probably dealing with something bigger than, than you are. So, you know, humbleness, I think maybe is, is, is another thing that is, that is needed there as well. How has your family and, uh, friends responded to the change in your life? I'm specifically curious about your parents, honestly, how have the people around you responded to your, to your change? It's funny you ask this question. I, I literally was shooting a, a video earlier this morning 
kind of talking about this, this exact topic. Um, friends, you know, the right ones, um, are still around the ones that, um, don't need to be here are, 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 are no longer here on the family side of things. It's been incredible. I'll start with, uh, my sister and, and her kids first. So I'm the middle child of, of three. Uh, I have an older sister, uh, who has a niece and a nephew and I have a younger brother. Um, I'm not married, obviously, you know, t- t- talked about that. My brother's single as well. So he's got no, no children that he's raising. What's been amazing for me is because my sister, uh, from the beginning, she was one of the people that she's always been close to me. So in the beginning of this journey, like she was very, very close. One of the first people that I talked to and shared everything with, and she began to see and notice the changes. Um, so it's been amazing for her. While I wouldn't say her faith in her life isn't the most important thing yet. She's raising two children where it's becoming a part of their life. Like they both look forward to their Wednesdays, uh, youth group, right? You know, they both look forward to Saturdays, you know, going to, going to the services. So it's cool that, you know, as it wasn't something that we were raised up in, that these, these kids are being brought up, you know, with an understanding of who Jesus is and in the role that he can play, uh, through a relationship with him in their life. Um, my mom, man, it's, it's brought us so much, so much closer from somebody that's had a lot of guilt and shame and avoided a lot of family, you know, through my twenties and thirties. Um, as I started to open up and talk with her, she said something to me and I, and I talked about this on, on today's video because the video was really about compliments that I used to receive versus what I receive now. Um, the day that I sat down with my mom in early 2019, and I told her about a 20 year porn addiction and I told her about what I was doing and where I kind of saw my life going. Um, I remember her looking across the table from me and saying how proud she was not of me, not of what I had accomplished any of that, you know, she was at every bodybuilding show, you know, she was the first person to hug me and kiss me when I, when I got off the stage. Um, when I was, you know, financially struggling, like she would, she would always be the person that, that would be there for me. So I always knew that she was like proud of things that I was doing or, or wanted to be at least that day though, she looked at me, she said, Frank, I'm proud of the man you're becoming. Um, and that meant a lot, you know, uh, You didn't talk about your dad. How's how's your dad respond? Is he still living? I think based on what you said, how has he responded to this change in your life? So that's been an interesting dynamic with with he and I. One thing I can tell you on my side in these last three years is I'm intentional about trying to make it work. While he may not take the most aggressive steps towards improving our relationship for a long time, I was exactly the same way. So it's like we were both stagnant, not moving towards each other. At least with me, with where I'm at now, one of us takes steps towards bringing the relationship closer. So it has created a better dynamic in a relationship. Is it ultimately where I want it to be? No, not yet. My dad wants to talk about who won the game on Sunday. And, and that's what matters most to him. So I do give him that as somebody that could care less about an NFL game. I will make sure to once a week, have a conversation with my dad about his teams, about the, the pool and about whatever he's, he's interested in. It is clear that Jesus is changing Frank's relationships. There's one more clip that I want to play for you. It is unrelated, 
but I thought that Frank described something we've seen on this show in a really cool way. Here is my question and his answer. Almost every person that I have uh, talked to for this show says something like, uh, like, I just thought, is this everything? You know, like, is this, and, and I've had some very successful people on here, and, and even in the midst of sometimes their success, they're like, there's got to be something else. I mean, if this is it, it's not that awesome. Yeah. We call those rock top moments, right? You know, uh, obviously everybody hears about the rock bottom moments, you know, the drug addict that wakes up in a gutter or, you know, the guy that files bankruptcy or whatever. It's like, or even my story, it's like, I've lost kind of, kind of everything rock, rock bottom, right? There's no way up, but there I've had a lot of the same conversations probably that you have, right? You know, a guy, you know, for 20 years works 16, 18 hours a, a, a day trying to build something, you know, exits a company 20 million dollars in his bank and he's like kind of sitting there the next day like i worked this hard for for all of this and it's kind of that next kind of you know it's a different awakening moment i think that people can't have before i let you go i want to play for you the testimony of mark sowersby mark found out about this podcast and sent me this via facebook it is a powerful story one that he has put into book form and shared on the youtube video that the following audio is from i've reached out to him about recording a full-length episode telling his story we might do that in the future. For now, here is Mark's testimony in Mark's words. Being challenged to forgive and to let go has been what God has called me to do, my testimony. I was born rejected from my father. I was born neglected by my mom. She would bring a man into my life that would rape me, abuse me, sell me to prostitution, and torture me. But I had people in my life that would still support me. I had a nucleus of people who cared. I had uncles and coaches and friends, brothers and sisters that would let me try to have the most normal upbringing I could. But yet I was still broken. Yet I still had to deal with the pains and the hurts. I would still have to deal with the abuse and the sorrows. And at 16 years old, I fell in love with Jesus Christ. I recognized the love that he had for me. And that decision has changed my life forever. That decision of receiving that mercy of God, that grace of God, recognizing what God has done for me, has been the benchmark of my life forever. Again, I would love to hear your story. You can share it with me by going to TestimonyPodcast.com. TestimonyPodcast.com is also the place where you can make a financial donation. Anything you contribute will be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening.